No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. God joined man and woman together as one flesh. He ordained sexual relations as an expression of this unity, but taken out of this context, sex can be a destructive power. Today we look at the rules given to govern sexual intimacy. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 22 on Simply the Bible. Sexual intimacy between a husband and wife is one of God's greatest gifts. From their union springs forth new life. But if taken out of the context for which God created it, sex can be powerful as dynamite and just as destructive. I've heard it compared to a fire. Put it in the fireplace and it warms the house. Take it out of the fireplace and it can burn the house down. Through Moses, God gave Israel his law for the preservation of society, including rules for sexual intimacy. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 13. If any man takes a wife and goes into her and detests her, and charges her with shameful conduct, and brings a bad name on her, and says, I took this woman, and when I came to her, I found she was not a virgin. In 2 Samuel chapter 13, we read of a similar situation between Amnon, the son of David, and Tamar, Amnon's lovely half-sister. He wanted her so badly that he became sick at heart. He pretended to be ill and spoke to his father David about sending Tamar to feed him. When she came, he sent everyone out of the room and raped her. Then he hated her more than he loved her and sent her away, so that Tamar became a desolate woman. It's a terribly tragic story that was really the consequence of David's own sin of adultery. In a similar way, Moses describes a situation where the husband, who, after being with his wife, then detests her. He accuses her of not being a virgin when he married her. But the truth is that he's just looking for a way to get rid of her. Verse 15, Then the father and mother of the young woman shall take and bring out the evidence of the young woman's virginity to the elders of the city at the gate. And the young woman's father shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man as wife, and he detests her. Now he has charged her with shameful conduct, saying, I found your daughter was not a virgin. And yet these are the evidences of my daughter's virginity, and they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. Now in those days, it was the parents' responsibility to guarantee the virginity of their daughter to her husband. They represented her as a virgin and they would keep the evidence of her virginity. After the wedding night, the parents would take the bedsheet or cloth that was spotted with blood and this was proof that their daughter was a virgin when she was married. Therefore, when she was falsely accused and her reputation harmed, They would produce the cloth and the matter would be settled. 
Then the elders of the city shall take that man and punish him. And they shall fine him 100 shekels of silver and give them to the father of the young woman because he has brought a bad name on a virgin of Israel. And she shall be his wife. He cannot divorce her all his days. So the man would be punished for lying about his wife and bringing a bad name on her and her family. The Hebrew word here speaks of corporal punishment. Presumably, he would be flogged. Then he would be fined 100 shekels of silver. With the current price of silver, that's about $600. For this action, the man would lose any right to divorce his wife all the days of his life. This guaranteed that the wife would always be provided for. But I wonder how happy her marriage would be when her husband despised her. Sadly, in that culture and at that time, women had few rights. Verse 20, but if the thing is true and evidences of virginity are not found for the young woman, then they shall bring out the young woman to the door of her father's house and the men of her city shall stone her to death with stones because she has done a disgraceful thing in Israel to play the harlot in her father's house. So you shall put away the evil from among you. Now, if the parents couldn't produce the evidence, then it was assumed that she had committed fornication, literally played the harlot, while living in her father's house, a disgraceful thing in Israel. Therefore, she would be put to death, not only for committing fornication, but also for lying about it. This would serve as an example to other young women in Israel never to do such a thing. The severity of the punishment shows what a high value God places on sexual purity. Verse 22, If a man is found lying with a woman married to a husband, then both of them shall die, the man that lay with the woman and the woman, so you shall put away the evil from Israel. Adultery was a capital offense, and the man and the woman would both be stoned to death. This was the situation that was brought before Jesus in John chapter 8. A woman was caught in the act of adultery. The Pharisees brought her before Jesus, but where was the man? They were looking for a way to accuse Jesus. Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he didn't hear them. When they kept pressing him, Jesus rose up and said, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. As each man's conscience convicted him, each one left the scene, from the oldest to the youngest. Finally, Jesus was left alone with the woman. Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I love this story because it shows how Jesus showed mercy and pardoned the woman. It also shows how he upheld the purpose of the law by telling her to sin no more. Finally, it teaches us that only the sinless are qualified to throw stones. You know, I haven't met a sinless person yet. Verse 23. 
If a young woman who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry out in the city and the man, because he humbled his neighbor's wife. So you shall put away the evil from among you. The betrothal was a binding engagement that took place one year before the marriage ceremony. It was so binding, in fact, that if you decided to break off the engagement, you had to get a divorce, even though you weren't married yet. Here is the situation where a man sleeps with a woman who is betrothed to someone else. It is a case of infidelity, for she has broken faith with her husband and he has taken another man's wife. Now, because the situation occurs in the city, the woman is considered guilty because she didn't cry out for help. She was a consenting partner. Therefore, they would both be stoned to death. Now, this was the situation that Joseph thought he was in when he was betrothed to Mary and discovered that she was pregnant. He assumed that she had been unfaithful, but he couldn't bear the thought of her being stoned to death, so he had it in mind to quietly divorce her. But an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him that the child conceived in Mary was of the Holy Spirit. So he was not to hesitate to take her as his wife. She would bring forth a son, and he was to name him Jesus, meaning Yahweh saves, for he would save his people from their sins. Verse 25. But if a man finds a betrothed young woman in the countryside, and the man forces her and lies with her, then only the man who lay with her shall die. But you shall do nothing to the young woman. There is in the young woman no sin deserving of death. For just as when a man rises against his neighbor and kills him, even so is this matter. For he found her in the countryside, and the betrothed young woman cried out, but there was no one to save her. So in this situation, the woman is given the benefit of the doubt because she was in the country, and they assume she screamed, but nobody heard her. In this case, he would be put to death, but she would be able to go free. Verse 28. If a man finds a young woman who is a virgin, who is not betrothed, and he seizes her and lies with her, and they are found out, then the man who lay with her shall give to the young woman's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife because he has humbled her. He shall not be permitted to divorce her all his days." Now, in this case, the woman is not committed to another man, so it's not an issue of infidelity, but he didn't do the right thing. He should have gone to her father and asked the father if he could marry his daughter, in which case then he would bring forth a dowry. And the dowry was really alimony in advance. The father would take the money uh, from the man and he would invest it. And so if he ever divorced a woman... Then the father would have that money to support his daughter when she came back to live in his house. So in this case, because the man didn't ask the father, then he would be fined 50 shekels of silver and she would become his wife, but he could never divorce her. So the father would not have to worry about having to support his daughter later on because she got divorced. 
Verse 30, a man shall not take his father's wife, nor uncover his father's bed. This is speaking of a man sleeping with his stepmother, which just is sick and wrong. No doubt about it. And yet, obviously, this must have happened because God gave the law to Moses. Actually, we know that it did happen in the church of Corinth. And they didn't do anything about it, which is why Paul got on their case for not handling this and putting the man out from their fellowship for doing such a thing. God gave the law to preserve society. He gave these laws concerning sexual relations so that there could be children born into a family where there is a husband and wife, a father and mother, and the security of that relationship. And when we keep it all within the context in which God designed it, it's a beautiful thing. But when we take it out of that, it becomes dirty and harmful. Thankfully, because we live in the age of grace, where we fail to measure up to God's ideal, there is still grace to be found. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Praise God. But we should make every effort to do it God's way. May God help us to take our cues for sexuality, not from the world, but from His Word. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Moses reviews with the children of Israel more miscellaneous laws, including prohibiting certain people from entering the assembly of the Lord. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.